0: Following on the heels of our uh, previous episode, was Peter the First Pope? We had a lot of comments. Um, a lot of comments. <laughs>
1: they were, so, some were great, some were good, some were awful. Some,
0: some were crazy. So um, that topic can just bring a lot of crazy out of people, but there were a few really good comments. Um, We did have like, you know, common objections like, you know, Peter was never in Rome and this is why. And you know, when he says Babylon, he means Babylon. Emoji, emoji, emoji. (laughs) Yes. There are a lot of emojis. Um, So we just wanted to respond to a few of those first, you know, and one of those was the only reason that Rome ever had the primacy was because it was the capital of the empire, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's a common thing. And it's like, No, man. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's actually the other way around. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you have to remember in the first century that the Christians hated everything the Roman Empire stood for. Yeah. And this is why you see in St. Peter's letter, he refers to Rome as Babylon. Yeah. It's a um, pejorative. That's Yeah, it's a pejorative <laughs> term for Rome. In the book of Revelation, it's the whore of Babylon that you know that mm-hmm. sits on seven hills referring to Rome. And, and Jerusalem is they, still
0: standing yeah. when he writes that. So why in the world would
1: he be like, This is the capital of the yeah, empire? He, yeah. <laughs> he's still a Jew. He's, a Jew, he's thinking about Jerusalem. They, yeah, they do not they don't like Rome. No, it's a cesspit. No. Um and so it's the other way around. In and you can't you'd have you can't point to a source in the early church. That says, oh, well, Rome had a spiritual prestige because it was the capital of the empire. Not, That's not what the early church fathers are saying. Not one single source. From day one, what gives Rome its prestige is St. Peter and St. Paul. Yeah, That they
0: were in the city, that they died in the city, and their legacy lived on in the church. We already drew that out in, yeah. in the previous episode that, you know, it was so significant to the church that these two specific apostles had died together. You know, we mm-hmm. talked about that. So I think that too lends more yeah, but, credence. And even <laughs> and even even later I say later Christians, but Christians
1: of the fourth century. I think of um Prudentius. Oh that's late, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I think of Prudentius, who is um uh the first great kind of Latin mm-hmm. um Christian poet, he recasts in his poetry the founding of the city of Rome. Remember the founding of the city of Rome is is two twins, right? Romulus and Remus yeah. are kind of the founders and then Romulus kills Remus. Um <laughs> But anyway, Prudentius in his poetry is very beautiful because he, re, he he casts the re-founding of Rome as the founding of two brothers, Peter and Paul, mm-hmm. and Peter shedding his blood on one side of the Tiber River, and Paul shedding his blood on the other side of the Tiber River, and that blood leaks into that river and flows and blesses the whole city. Mm. So even the later Christians understood um, deep down that what
0: gives Rome prestige, spiritual prestige... Are these two yeah. primary apostles? Yeah. So that's great. So you know that that shows us that from the beginning, when when the church is retracing its steps in Rome, it's Peter and Paul that gives the significance. There's no and and I would say I mean we'll get to this later, but even when you get to the point where where Constantinople is becoming the capital the of the, new capital, the yeah. new capital of the empire there's never a time where like the whole church is like oh well that's the capital now so we're going to look to Constantinople yep. so they, they still they looked to Rome even when Rome was like in shambles mm-hmm. so there was there was a spiritual significance to the city and that's why Christ- Christendom and, looked to it
1: and and the the bishops of Rome at the time objected to that that inference that, oh, primacy is based on where the capital is exactly. in the empire, and so did Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing here is the, is the objective that, well, Objection. Was, was, yeah. uh, was Peter even ever in Rome, <laughs> right?
0: Right, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't even know how anyone can claim that because not in one document of the early church do we have a claim from any other see that Peter's bones were there.
1: Well, especially if you think about the other churches that Peter himself founded, we yeah. talked about Bithynia; he was active there, but Antioch, especially Antioch. I mean. <laughs> right, Antioch was the was the was the first time Christians were called Christians. Right, yeah. it's this it's this um, Gentile uh, dominating church and, and very um, influential in the in the early century. Um, they never claimed to ever
0: have his relics. No, and just th- just like the same argument I use when we talk about like the assumption of Mary, mm-hmm. it's the same argument. It's this was a time when relics meant everything. Where people's bones were meant everything, yeah. and every sea was making. Like,
1: I think we, we should trace that. We yeah. should trace the development of relics because the development of relics, it's there very early. We see it in the in Polycarp's uh, martyrdom mm-hmm. in, in the second century, where Christians are actively seeking out the relics ignatius of antioch says just just burn my body get rid of my body don't worry about my body (laughs) because he knows that christians are going to collect his body and and hold it and venerate it
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah maybe we'll do an episode on that one but yeah you have this in the in this period it's so important where people's relics are and no one ever claimed to have the relics par excellence you know besides I don't know, Mary. I mean, no one claimed to ever have Mary's yeah, relics. And that's so significant. Her, 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 her bones. Yeah. yeah. Her bones. And it's the same thing when we come to Peter and Paul. No one ever claimed to have Paul's bones. No one ever claimed to have Peter's bones. Only Rome did. And and then, not only did Rome claim it, everyone who's writing outside of Rome in another seat is saying that their bones are there. Yep. So there's no doubt whatsoever. There's no no, and I don't know of any serious, like, High Church Protestant historian who, who doubts that Peter was in Rome or, or Paul died in Rome. Yeah, the, I really don't.
1: Yeah, because they would be basing it on silence. They would be basing yeah. the argument. On it's silence. this is
0: usually an evangelicalish type of argument, mm-hmm. um, but it's not something yeah. that's serious. Yeah, and,
1: and it's do. there because because the Book of Acts doesn't say he ever went to Rome. Yeah, and so if it's not in the Bible, I don't believe it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that kind of mentality. Um, but all of history and tradition is telling us that they were there, and you you start with the earliest documents outside the New Testament. So even mm-hmm. if it's not in the New Testament. It's in the earliest documents outside the New Testament, Clement of Rome. He mentions Peter and Paul, um, uh, Ignatius of Antioch in the earliest 2nd century, saying that Peter and Paul taught you Romans when he's writing his letter to Rome. And then you have um, the, the martyrdom stories mm-hmm. of Paul and Peter, uh, the Acts of Peter and the Acts of Paul, which are mid to the late 2nd century. Mm-hmm. And in those documents, they too are telling us that these two apostles were in Rome and died in Rome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now... You, Danny, lucky duck. You <laughs> you were able to see Peter's bones. Is that right?
1: I did see Peter's bones. Well, I saw Peter's bone. You know, there, <laughs> if
0: there's ever one line from a movie that I just identify with, it's it's in Gladiator when Maximus is like, Rome is the light, <laughs> and yet you've never been there. <laughs> and yet you've never been. Well, I've never been, <laughs> but this idiot has. So, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about your trip to Rome? When it was, why that was significant, but then also some of the things you saw there, leading up to, and maybe we'll end on. Yeah, so when this, you this um, we Peter took phones. a trip
1: right after right after my reversion back to the Catholic faith. So. We uh, came back into the the church May 20th, 2018, which also happened to be my birthday, but it was also Pentecost, so it was a Mm -hmm. big day in 2018. I received my uh, second First Communion uh, from from (laughs) our our bishop here. Um, But right after, there was only like a few weeks later, uh, I I think I was in the basement or something, and Victoria calls down to me and says, hey, I booked a trip to Rome. I'm like, okay, good.
0: Uh, Thanks. Good.
1: Um, Man, I'm just waiting for the day when my wife says that to (laughs) me. (laughs) Um, So we, we just... Coming back into the church, um, we we just felt we had to go. We, yeah. We wanted to go. And and, and it's something that I, I, I hope all Catholics eventually could do. You know, it's like the in Islam, you have the five pillars of Islam, right? <laughs> at least once in your life, you have to take a pilgrimage to Mecca. Yeah. Um, if you're able, at least once in your life, take the pilgrimage to, to Rome. If you're going to go anywhere, if you're going to go sightseeing in Europe, and you're Catholic, mm-hmm. you have to go to Rome.
0: You know, there's one thing, actually, that um, always uh, stuck with me when I came back. Um, it was I, I attended a Byzantine Catholic. From, from where? <laughs> <laughs> when I came back from Prague, I didn't go anywhere. Oh, I've barely been out of the country. But uh, when I came back uh, to Catholicism, I was at a Byzantine Catholic service, and it was um, uh, the priest. He had studied in Rome when he was younger, and he said, "You know, I've been there many times, but he had gone back this like recent time." And he said, and "This time, when I went back, there was something that just stuck in my mind." And he said that, "You know, I stood there, I looked at St. Peter's Square, and I said to myself." Rome has the keys. You know, Rome (laughs) has the the keys. It's kind
1: of like the de facto thing you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's It's just apparent.
0: It's just apparent. It's not like, you can make your arguments all day long about this, that, who should have the keys, but it's like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because Rome has them. And and that was very significant to me when he said that, that, because that's, to be honest with you, (laughs) that was one of the moments when the de facto thing came to my mind where I was like, that is theology. Like that moment when he said that, that's theology because he looked at it and he said, that's it. Rome has the keys. And he said, but me as an Eastern Catholic, you know, I, I take more after St. Saint, Saint Andrew, you know, mm-hmm. that's sort of his patronage. And so he said, you know, Andrew was happy to just have the faith. You know, Peter has the keys, but Andrew is happy to have the faith. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that image. Yeah, you know? that's
1: great. Yeah, and I think you get this, you, you definitely get this in other places and other cities, especially in the Eastern, former Eastern Empire. Um, but when you're in Rome, what, what strikes you is, the layers, it's like a layer cake. Mm. Okay. You go down two layers, three layers, you're in the first century. Um, And when you are able to see that firsthand, Mm -hmm. it's like, how can this church be the wrong church? Mm -hmm. Because I see it at this level. I see it at this level. And I see it at this level.
0: That's a great point. All at the same time.
1: And Mm. that's what struck me about Rome. Just the clashing of civilization over time, building on top of each other. Yeah, and you can go
0: all the way down to the first century if you want to. Yeah, yeah, and all the different ownerships Mm -hmm. of Rome. You know, as the years went on, you know, from pagan to, you know, yeah, absolutely, that's great. So you went to Rome. Yeah, so so
1: May I was brought. We came back into the faith. June we booked the trip. September in 2018 Mm -hmm. uh, we went.
0: But you got like a little tip, right, before you went.
1: So the day and a lot of Catholics. Don't know this because I didn't.
0: I didn't know this. I wonder if we're even supposed to be like revealing this. I know it seems like it's a secret, but yeah. Hey, secrets. Sub- out. Subscribe. Yeah,
1: <laughs> subscribe for secrets. <laughs> so uh, the literally the day before we left, my wife and I, after mass, our priest, Father Tom, came up to us, and I said, "Hey, if, you know, Father Tom, we're leaving tomorrow. Tomorrow, um, can you give us a, a travel blessing?" Sure, fine. After the blessing, he says, "Oh, by the way, don't forget." Ask about the Scavi Tour. Mm. I'm like, oh, all right, no, I'll ask about the Scavi Tour. No, no, no. The, the Scavi Tour. The tour at St. Peter's Basilica. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, that's you know, probably underneath in the basement of the basilica. Yeah. No, he said, no. The tomb of St. Peter. Jeez. Under the Basilica. He said, ask about it. Who do you ask? And he said, now you're probably not going to give up. We'll get to that. So He's like, if you didn't already book it, you're probably not going to get in. So don't have your hopes up. I'm just saying if you're there and you have, you know, maybe they'll let you in. Who knows? But mm-hmm. anyway, the Scavi tour, excavation tour, you have to book this thing six months in advance at least. And there's people who have booked it, tried to book it six months in advance and haven't even gotten there. Mm-hmm. So what is this Scavi tour? Right. We get to St. Peter's Basilica. You know, we tour the Basilica. Uh, we go into the basement of the Basilica. And that's where most people um, can go. Yeah, and that's where the tombs of the just popes, a bunch of the tombs. Yeah, the tombs, yeah, yeah. The, the grotto, right? The tombs are down there of of the popes. Well, when there was excavations going on because uh, a pope wanted to be buried near St. Peter, they stumbled upon the ancient necropolis, mm. which means city of the dead. Yeah, so an ancient ne- necropolis underneath the basement. So you have St. Peter's Basilica, okay, the main level. Mm-hmm. Then you have the basement of the basilica. Deeper and deeper, <laughs> way down. But there's a basement to the basement of the basilica. Mm-hmm. And what this is, is the necropolis, the ancient cemetery dating back to the first century. And that's crazy, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, mean, that's, that's not So they, they found the cemetery that for all these years, centuries and centuries, tradition has told us was there. Yeah. Oh, we made a hole in the in the floor. and Oh. There it is. We see a bunch of old, old oh, mausoleums there it is. down there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, there's the mausoleums down there. Yeah. In um, in in the in this necropolis, ancient necropolis. So here's the story really quick. We exit our... We, we remembered that Father Tom told us to go to the Scabby Tour. Scabby, So we're like, let's skip out of our tour group really quickly. Cause we, we did take a tour group. Because this is St. lame. We, <laughs> <laughs> we like to explore on our own. So we left the tour group. Yeah. Left them in the dust. Went to the back of St. Peter's Basilica to the what do you call it concierge i don't know there's a table back there and i can
0: literally see the tour guide like still talking to like her flag. To, to like the person no, like wearing and like we the, just, the khaki cargo yeah, shorts we did, <laughs> we did a complete
1: 180 left the group and went to the back table and said um where's the SCAVI tour? like how stupid right yeah where's the scabby tour and she's like do you have a reservation how dare you yeah. <laughs> how do you know about this who are you and she said do you have a reservation and i said no i don't have a reservation she said well, you need a reservation for that to go, yeah. to go there. She's like, well, I, I was like, well, who else maybe I, I could ask and they can let us in. She's like, you know, if you want to try, you can go ask the Swiss guards.
0: <laughs> Who's ever talked to a Swiss I, guard? Yeah, I know. I, I
1: thought it was like in Britain, you can't talk to them or touch them. Yeah. Think, no, that's not that's not what it's like. I went to the Swiss, Swiss guards. No way. You know, Victoria and I went to the Swiss guards and uh, I, I don't even know what I did. Like, hey, Swiss guard. I don't know what I did. Hey, like, Swiss whist- guard. I don't know if I whistled to him. I don't know what I did, but I got his attention oh, and he kind of just... Walks over with a smile. They're actually really nice people. Wow. Um, For all their training. <laughs> and I I just I said, hey, you know, <laughs> we don't have tickets, but, you know, where's the Scavi tour? You know, we kind of might want to ask to get in. He's like, yeah, it's going to be very difficult to do that just on a whim like that. They usually don't do that at all. Yeah. Um, but if you go around the, <laughs> let's see, let's see what side this <laughs> oh is. Gosh. It would be the um south side of the Basilica, the uh, where the portico is. Mm-hmm. Go over there. You'll see some guards and and a, and, a, and a metal detector. Go ask them. And there's
0: a guy. His yeah, name is a guy Bill.
1: In <laughs> so go over there. So okay, oh, go to the south side of the basilica. Go to the portico. Oh, there's the metal detector. Yeah. See, I, I mean, we, it, it
0: took, for me right now, this sounds like total sketch. Like, yeah. I so do I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what's this. happening because
1: nobody's on this side of the basilica. Like some Italian joke. Yeah no, <laughs> yeah. no. Or a Swiss joke. Nobody's on this nice. side. Nobody's on this side of the basilica. It's literally just me and Victoria. And then the this the the now they're not Swiss guards now they're security guards, ah. and we're like oh Scavi tour and they're like okay just go through the metal detector and go around to you know <sighs> no whatever. way like okay so we go in and we're like Are we, this is really gonna happen, then we get to the gate on the side of the facility and then they threw you in the tiber <laughs> yeah. and I I said hey we don't have you know we don't have a reservation or anything but we came all the way from America you mm-hmm. know it's poor Americans and we want to get into the Scavi tour. He said, You have to have tickets for this. Jesus. There's no way. And and I think Victoria said, you know, is there any way we can talk to them? And he said, Hang on for a minute, whatever, minute goes by. Comes back and he says, Just you, pointing to Victoria. (laughs) Just you can go to the office to ask them. Wow. To come in. So she she runs over there and I am I'm like, this can't be happening. Is this this gonna happen? What are they (laughs) is she arrested? (laughs) Um, what's going on? She said, "I'm, I'm I, you know, she's at the far end of now the the far end of the Basilica. And I'm standing back by the cortical, the gates. And I'm like, what's going on I'm back there? She's yeah. talking to people. She goes in the office and then she comes out and she's like, like thumbs up, you know, like this. I'm like, this is unbelievable. No way. Comes back, guard lets us in. Turns out the, the, the scholar who was taking the small group, you only allowed 10, 15 people at a time. They were leaving at that moment. Wow. And he said, Fine, they can come in because it was. Uh, they told us it was up
0: to the tour guide. What a coming home treat,
1: yeah. like to becoming Catholic. No, again. absolutely. And it just so happened that we were there at the second they were leaving, and he was willing to add us on to the group. And so we get to go down into the uh ancient necropolis.
0: So, what does that look like? So, I so see you're I don't even, I don't so even have the, a context. For I know, this. <laughs> yeah. So, again, you got to go down layers, yeah, going down layers. Modern basilica. So, once you're down in in, in like the tomb area, where from there, like. Are you going so
1: you're actually on an ancient little sidewalk. Wow, and you, your feet are touching the very ground that the first century ancient Romans were touching. Mm-hmm. Think of it as a, seminary, a cemetery with a, with a little pathway and street, and there's tombs and mausoleums. Uh, you know, wow. this used to be outside, yeah, yeah, this used yeah. to be above ground, yeah. Um, but now it's obviously underground, mm-hmm. built on top of. And so you're, you're going between these tombs and mausoleums, and he's pointing out, okay, this is a pagan one, this is a pagan one, this is a pagan wow. one. Wow. And then all of a sudden, he's like, this is a Christian one. Now they start turning. As you get closer and closer to where you know the high altar of the basilica is. Wow. Okay. So you're, they'd be facing, you know, the west side. hmm You know, okay, the tombs are starting to change a little bit. There's three or four tombs that are, are Christian. Yeah, and you only know this because of the symbolism that's being used in the frescoes on the ceilings of these, um, of these mausoleums, of these tombs. Uh, one of them has Christ as uh, portrayed as almost like Sol Invictus, sunbeams coming from his head, with and wow. he's uh, on a chariot. Uh, others, you see the the, uh, the Cairo right etched, yeah. etched into, um, graffitied into the the, the plaque, mm-hmm. and so you start to get a sense of oh we're, we're nearing, things are changing. Yeah. Things are changing yeah. in this. <clears throat> ancient cemetery that i'm walking wow um and then you continue to get closer and he points out to you okay that little pillar you see right there that's the pillar of uh that gaius was talking about in the second century when he said that peter's monument is in rome in the (laughs) vatican that little pillar you're seeing is part of that monument wow okay (laughs) so then you know so you're going around and and then you come to the clementine chapel Mm -hmm. which is on the opposite side now of where the tomb is and that's where pope francis actually says um uh, says mass every morning wow so you have to go in there and then you come around to the other side there's a little room i if i can remember i mean it could, there's no cameras yeah
0: you can't take pictures or anything probably no
1: it's you're underground and it feels like you're underground Jeez. you know it's like it is like catacombs um no pictures so you, you know i'm trying to remember and I, I have drawings in my journal that yeah i, tried I remember to, you're I showing draw me drawings and, <laughs> I, maybe i'll show some on the video but now you're in this other room now you're on the um the north side of the tomb. Maybe a room of 10 by 10. Yeah. And, um, he says the, the little uh, hole in the wall over Mm -hmm. there uh, is where they found the, the case where the bones were being held. Wow. Uh, And he said, today, you're in luck because the bones are displayed. Jeez. Wow. You know, I don't know what everybody else in the room was thinking, but I was, you know, (laughs) um, and he said that, and I said, uh, and, you know, I've always found it um, found it really fascinating that the piece of bone that was on display that day was Saint Peter's jawbone. Mm. I'm sta- we're standing we are. I don't know a couple yards away, maybe. I was staring at right, you know, right yeah. there, Victoria and I, and the rest of the group. You know, these nominal Catholics. I don't know. You know bless their hearts. But they, they, oh, oh, okay. You know, and then they left. Oh my and, god! And I look at the tour guide. The tour guide, by the way, is oh, I can't remember his name for the life of me. He was a fantastic scholar, was
0: Mr. Scabby
1: F- scholar. <laughs> Not just like, you know, um, Mr. Scobby. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Scobby. And, and, um, and so they, they leave and I'm, I'm standing there like, I'm not going anywhere. right Yeah, now.
0: I'll stay as long as I can. He,
1: he And they leave and he turns back and he says, you guys stay as long as you need. Wow. So geez, now oh, it's literally just me and Victoria. Because he
0: saw you guys respected them. The he, I was writing
1: <laughs> notes as he was talking. I was drawing pictures, I, everything, everything I can try and soak in. Yeah. And so then now it's just me and Victoria in, in front of... Peter's jawbone. Peter's jawbone. Wow. And, and think about that. This is the jawbone. Yeah. That was the first to proclaim, "You are the the Messiah, the Son, the Son of God." The Son of God. Yeah. This is the jawbone that ate the first Eucharist. Mm-hmm. This is the jawbone that that gave the first sermons. And there it
0: is. Yeah. It, it's it's. <laughs> This is the thing is that, you know, it's when you're just talking about like, oh, St. Peter and like, uh, or not even calling him St. Peter when you're a Protestant, you know, like, Peter, uh, you, uh, yeah, he's, he's not any greater than us, though, right? Because we're all saints and this kind of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, but like, no, really, though, like Peter, St. Peter, yeah, the God of the him. universe, the one with who with with his own voice fashioned the cosmos and and the heavens and the earth and set the sea in its place and you know and by his word it was declared and it was done that god our god touched this man mm. and told him that you're the rock and upon this rock I'll build my church hence why it happened <laughs> here's the church despite all of the messiness and the, and the spots and the wrinkles of the church and its history and and the human side of it there's a divine undergirding story that's happening yeah. and where where just like paul says where sin abounds grace abounds all the more god doesn't god is not like thwarted by human weakness or the or the the weakness of the story of of the church he will still bring about what his word wants to accomplish and jesus's word just as much as he took that bread and wine and said this is my body this is my blood he also took peter and said you're the rock man yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> like so it's it's just crazy that you're looking at the bones of the man that Jesus commissioned to be the leader of the apostles and and, and I you know not just Jesus, the God <laughs> like really God commissioned to be the leader of the apostles. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'll
1: never I'll never forget it. The images are are in my mind. I have them drawn out as well. And um, you know, we prayed there for our families, for, yeah. you know, for the church. Um, what a great place to to do it at.
0: That's why to not venerate those bones, like not not worship him but to not pay homage to, to not not pay s- to, a certain honor that is due to not do that it all it means is that you have a very low christology you have a very mm-hmm. low view of jesus jesus's, yeah. jesus's it's, it's a, identity mm-hmm. because if you really believe that jesus was the god of the cosmos the, the creator of the heavens and the earth then you would look at that that man that jesus touched with his own hands and commissioned to be the leader of the apostles and you would you would fall down and venerate him
1: yeah if if the cloak uh, you know, if his cloak had that kind of power, certainly this man yeah. uh, who he appointed as his as the leader of the apostles would have um, uh, need due honor and, and veneration. And that due honor and veneration has been there since, mm-hmm. since forever. Uh, the Christians remembered where he was buried. Uh, that's why they built the monument there in the second century. That's why they built the church on top of it in the fourth century and then rebuilt the church on top of it in the succeeding centuries. Um, and every century tells you that this has been here since the beginning. Yeah. It's marked out since the beginning. This is where Peter is. So when you look at it um, archaeologically, right, um, why do we say that these are Peter's bones? Well, because of that history we just mentioned, all these layers that are there for all these centuries telling us that these are his bones. Um, you know, there were those who doubted when the, when the news came up that they found the bones. There were those who doubted because they said, well, those, those bones that you picked out of that Uh, were in a chest Mm -hmm. and they didn't come from actually under where the monument was in the, in the ground there. Yeah. Okay, fine. But they then tested those bones. They carbon dated it and they tested the minerals that are in those bones and the bones that were in that box. Not only did they find purple silk and gold thread, which means at some point the church took the bones out and dressed and wrapped them, dressed them and put them in a chest. Mm -hmm. The, bones all the bones in that little tomb area in that area in the ground they found like animal bones your rodent bones they found some human remains female male none of them matched peter they were you know a woman in their 40s a man in their 50s mm-hmm. or whatever it was yeah the bones that were actually in the chest and they and the, and margarita margarita was the um the um the excavator the archaeologist she found it and they tested it and she said these bones we know these were the bones in the original tomb in the original ground mm-hmm. because they're uh, grafted into these bones is the same exact hundred percent mineral content as is found underneath in the ground this, oh wow underneath yeah. the monument yeah so you know that at at one time it was really these there. bones yeah. were actually <clears throat> in that ground they weren't mm-hmm. brought from somewhere else right they were there then the bones were tested carbon dated first century
0: mm-hmm.
1: how old was this person in their 60s. That's what Peter would have been. Wow. Was it male or female? It was male. Male. Mm-hmm. Robust, strong. Wow. Strong boned man in his 60s, matching the mineral mineral content of where that monument is. Does it is. say like this
0: is Peter or something like that? Yeah.
1: So the archaeologist, she actually, um, she's an expert in uh, epigraphy, mm. epigraphic evidence. Epigraphic gra- evidence. Yeah. Gra- graffiti, actually. And on one of the, on, on, the, on the wall of the monument, uh, she discerned in Greek, eni, mm. which she took as meaning uh, in Greek, Peter is within. Peter's here. Peter's here or Peter is within. Wow. Uh, in Greek. So you know it's early because it's written in Greek and not Latin. That's a good point. Okay, so it's Greek, yeah. graffiti on the monument wall,
0: where peter was supposed to be they're telling us they're telling us he's here yeah. yeah it's like how much more more evidence yeah. do you need? what else do you need why is it that you're more willing if you're a protestant for instance and you're like just taking it face value that oh someone was buried somewhere else like so like if you could ever have archaeological evidence for something this is it this is it i mean this is it how much more do you need you know besides the textual evidence that supports it with the epigraphic evidence like you're saying the soil evidence i mean the the forensic evidence of the bones it's like how much more do you need you know
1: the other thing i would add is it's also actually an appropriate place for peter to be buried why do i say that because the vatican in the first century was wasteland yeah people hated this area was outside of the city it was swampy. It was known to have um, be infested with snakes. Oh. So it was like swampy and not good land. And there was, there was attempts in the first century to kind of make it more pretty. They built like gardens and stuff and, <laughs> and other stuff. Um, and, and, and one of those attempts to make it more pretty was actually to build nice mausoleums mm-hmm. dating from the first century to the third century. The other thing was that Emperor uh, Claudius, Tiberius or Claudius, built a circus there. So that, that elongated uh, racetrack basically. Mm. He built it.
0: Oh, so it didn't have clowns or uh, No, no, not no. that kind of circus. Oh, okay.
1: He built this racetrack there, okay, <laughs> to, to kind of draw people to that area. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and if you if you look, people will say, Well, well, how could Peter be buried there? If you look to where the, the original circus was built, the tomb would have had to have or the burial site would have had to have been literally right next to the circus. So a lot of people like to say, Well, come on, that's not yeah, it wouldn't be Right next to a place of entertainment. No. Yes, it would. Hmm. Uh, Romans, there was a there was a road that ran right alongside the circus. And Romans typically buried their dead along the road outside of a city. Oh, so wow. here we are outside the city walls. On a road. Bro. On a road. Literally right next to that road is where they put Peter in the ground. Not a tomb. They put him in the ground. Mm-hmm. And they always remembered that spot. Yeah. Yeah. So we can mark out that circus. So where that. So if, if you're looking at pictures, even if you're not there, but you're looking at pictures of St. Peter's Basilica in, in the square, and you see the Egyptian obelisk, that's not the original location of the obelisk. For many many years, people thought that's where the circus was, because in Roman circuses, the obelisk was always in the center. Yeah. The obelisk original position is marked out on that side where I had to get into the scavi tour. It's mm-hmm. on that side of the basilica, the, the south side of the uh, the, yeah, the south side of the basilica. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's a mark where the obelisk used to be. So now we know where the circus was. Yeah, where the road was. You can identify. And now it makes
0: sense. That's where Peter would have been buried. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that had to be a life changing experience, obviously. Yeah. Um, but and I, I don't know,
1: and I, you know, you never know if you'll be able to get back there because it's not guaranteed. Even if you try and book it, it's not guaranteed. Even when you get to Rome, sometimes people have checked in. They say, no, you're not. You know. It's not going, like right now during COVID, it's not even open. You can't even get down there.
0: Yeah. And there's one thing that's for sure is that Peter was never wearing a mask on that jawbone. No. <laughs> no, wasn't. No, but I think, you know, following up from our last episode, you know, there's all the textual evidence. There's that. There's this. But th- then there's just this personal experience, too, sometimes that just kind of takes over. You yeah. know, um, this is why Christians would go on pilgrimage for centuries to go see these sites for themselves. It's one thing to read about it. It's quite another to see it, and so you can say all day long, "They're like, oh, Peter and Paul buried in Rome," and then have your like, you know, your debates and stuff. But to stand there, yeah. underground, and stare at the jawbone itself—well,
1: I, I don't know what else to say about it. It, it. It's it's internal to me. I, yeah, you know, it's um, you can't. There's not enough superlatives to mm-hmm. describe it, and to you know, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. So I think when people ask for evidence, there's the textual evidence, but then at the end of the day, there's also experience. there's just the evidence I, of the personal experience of like, yeah. no, I there are the bones, yeah. I saw them. I've seen him. I've seen, I've seen the fishermen. Yeah.